Welcome back to the Alts Podcast. I'm your host, Horatio Ruiz. We bring you industry leaders and creators to give their insights on the rapidly changing and exciting world of alternative assets. Opinions expressed on this podcast by the host and podcast guests are for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Podcast hosts and guests may maintain positions in the offerings discussed in this podcast. The intro song, Fishing for Pets, is written and composed by Alan Goldscher from his latest release, Live at the Lakeview Lounge. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Today's guest is Diane D'Amato. Diane is the Director of Luxury Assets at Heritage Auctions, focusing on luxury handbags. We're going to talk about the biggest brands in the space, and here's a hint, it's Hermes and then everyone else. But we also talk about how bags appreciate in value and the current state of the market. This is a great introduction to luxury handbags as status symbols and as investments. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Diane. All right, guys. So this is a special uh, podcast episode. It's something that uh, I've been looking forward to, to getting together for a while. We're talking handbags, luxury handbags with Diane D'Amato from Heritage Auctions. Diane, welcome on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me today. Uh, absolutely. Um, when I first started researching a little bit about handbags, and I still know very little, but as I started researching, I was shocked to see the kind of prices, the kind of you know numbers that some of these handbags are, are generating at auction. And so um, I'm, I'm glad you're here to talk about that. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, um, handbags are actually the number one financial asset for women. And that is international, worldwide. When you mentioned that, and and I was looking at the different categories of handbags and the different brands, and there definitely is kind of like a layer to it, right? You know, there's a top company and then everybody else kind of follows suit. Could you explain how that works? Sure. Hermes, Hermes, and Hermes are the number one resale um, on the secondary market. Hermes, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Goyard. But by all means, Hermes is a leader on the secondary market. Clients crave Birkins, Kellys, and different sizes and skins that they cannot necessarily get when they walk into a boutique. And we offer that service to a client. I host five auctions a year, a curated selection of bags and accessories, and we also have a private sale boutique online where clients can buy immediately. Could you go into um, why Hermes is like the number one uh, handbag? What is it about the handbag that makes it so special? You know what it is? It's availability. It's supply and demand. And Hermes doesn't create an overabundance of product. And there is such a desire for an Hermes Birkin or a Kelly bag. And you certainly, you can't just walk into a store and get one. So People look to other sources to gain the bag that you'd like, and we're able to provide that for them. I have access to the most incredible bags in the world, and I can service them at a level that the boutique can't necessarily do. Yeah, so you've you've kind of you know built a network of handbags. You know, you got your dealers, you have um, you know you have the auctions, you have your consigners, I'm sure as well. Can we delve a little deeper into those bags? Like, what is the difference between a, a Birkin handbag? and a Kelly handbag? Well, those are the two most coveted bags that they are. For someone that doesn't really know a lot about um, bags, and I get that question often, what is the difference between a Birkin and Kelly? And very simple, is there two different bags, of course, but the the Birkin bag 
has two handles and does not have a strap. And the Kelly bag has a strap and a handle. And it's just really a personal choice for a client. But many times clients will call in and say, why is the Birkin more desirable? Why is the Kelly more desirable? What kind of bag should I buy? I'm looking for a gift for my wife. I'm looking for a gift, you know, for, for my daughter, for my granddaughter. And we really talk about the history of the bags and what makes more sense for the client. And it's not just the Birkins and the Kellys that are so coveted. You know, it is the, the pochettes, um, the Kelly cut, the, the special orders. So although Hermes has quite an assortment of handbags, um, there's a handful that stand out time and time again. And people are looking for bags that they cannot find, for special orders, for um, no longer produced bags, no longer available in the boutique or anywhere else. Can you give me an idea of how how rare they are, like when they're no longer available or they've been discontinued? Is it something to where, you know, Hermes is, is producing, you know, maybe 10,000 of a bag and that's it and only 10,000 will ever be released? Can you quantify that? Sure. I, I don't have exact numbers for you because that's not um, made public. However, when something is no longer available and it's a very hot bag, for example, the So Black collection or the Metallic collection that Hermes created some years ago. There were limited production made of these bags. Once they're no longer available, years pass, people can't find them. So the collectors that bought them and kept them in their closets are the the real dream makers because I have access to that and I know what's in people's closets. So for example, a metallic Kelly bag probably sold many, many years ago for about $6,000. I was recently able to sell one of those bags for close to $100,000. Wow. Now, given that's not what I paid for it because the client held on to it. And it's not like that with every bag, of course, but the very special pieces that are no longer available and kept in pristine condition, never carried, are highly coveted by collectors. So then just like in, with any other, you know, collectible, what we call alternative assets, others might call passion assets, people are, are buying these bags with the intention of holding them, right? And then selling them years later as, you know, as, as the condition of the bags deteriorate for people that use them. But there are people that are basically, like you mentioned before, holding these bags as an investment and not necessarily to, to go out and use them. Exactly. And we have a variety of clients. Some of our clients buy the bags to use them and love them and enjoy them every single day. We have other clients that choose to buy them as investments only. And, you know, at auction, we offer a wide variety of bags from gently used to pre-loved to pristine store fresh never carried. So we really do offer something for everyone. That's interesting. So you basically have like maybe like an informal or a formal way of grading the handbags. And, and based on that, right, like you kind of determine a price point for them. Exactly. So at auction, what, what we do is I take in consignments, I put an auction estimate on it. That's based on the bag and then the condition as well. Then we have a professional cataloger who describes that in our catalog and also online. And our grading system is one through four with one being store fresh, never carried. That does not mean brand new because it has already been bought at a store, but it's store fresh. Condition two is almost store fresh, may have a condition issue, may not have been 
um, stored in the best proper place. Condition three is pre-loved. And then condition four is very well loved. And the auction estimates reflect that. However, at auction, all you really need is two people to fall in love with a bag and you have an auction. Yeah, definitely. I kind of want to take a step back, Diane. Um, you know, you mentioned how you you do have five auctions a year on heritage auctions, but you also do private sales, private deals. You have people come to your office and, you know, you can get them, get in touch with them. How did you kind of, if you can take me through a little origin story about how you came up, were you always in the handbag industry or did you kind of come up through, you know, another avenue? Sure, of course. Let me share that with you. I've had a, a great career, all in luxury and luxury accessories. I've worked for the houses, tour houses. I worked for Neiman Marcus, Louis Vuitton, and Hermes. I was on the retail end. I was a director for the boutiques. With that said, about 10 years ago, I started to explore other options surrounding luxury, luxury accessories, because bags and Hermes and Louis Vuitton and and Goyard, they're absolutely fascinated. And I wanted to do something that was still in the same realm of what I've done in the past, however, a different venue. And just so happens, I was contacted by an auction house. And here I am eight years later running the luxury division for Heritage Auctions. And it's fascinating because it's it's you have the auction world and you also have the retail world and you really combine both working with the most incredible clients in the world. One day I can be in a penthouse, the next day I can be in a warehouse and it's really that diverse. You mentioned working for Louis Vuitton before and we've talked a lot about like Hermes, how they're, you know, the top. How about those bags? Like how are they different? Are, are their supply a little bit greater so that that's why they're not worth as much or do they just not you know, the brand just isn't quite as high. You know, Louis Vuitton is hot. What's very desirable for Louis Vuitton are the collaborations with the artist, which they have done extremely well. Um, again, it's the very rare pieces. People want what they can't have, its accessibility. So Louis Vuitton has done an incredible job of working and collaborating with artists. And those are very, very collectible. Chanel, again, the limited pieces, those are also very collectible. Yeah. And in terms of like collectors, people that are holding these items, you know, I'm kind of curious in our industry, right? Alternative assets, a lot of our, you know, collectors are, are men, quite frankly. And I'm wondering, you know, what the dynamic is here for, for handbags. Like are the collectors mostly women, right? And to what degree are there like, like men collectors? Primarily women collectors. However, the men's market is extremely strong. Um, the men's market, men buy for themselves. They buy um, Birkins 40 to carry. Um, they're also very fashion forward. And also men buy for numerous reasons. They buy for gifts. They buy for investments. They realize the investment value in Hermes. Some of my best clients are men that buy to collect. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm looking right now on the, on the heritage auctions website. If you could like describe to me why something is, is worth this much and not, not that I'm putting a judgment, just describe to me how special this item is if you could. Um, but I'm looking at a, a blue Hermes special order horseshoe, 35 centimeter shiny blue abyss. And I hope I'm pronouncing this right. It's a crocodile Birkenbag. Yeah. And it's going for $85,000. Sure. Well, first of all, a special order 
is exactly what that means. It's a special order. It was created for that client. And you really need to be a client of the house in order to be able to place a special order with your sales associate or the store director. So that takes it to a completely different level. This is a bag that was created for a certain client in mind. They chose the leather, they chose the skin, they chose the color, they chose the size. So it's really a one of a kind piece. And that's not to say that someone else could not choose those pieces, but it's very highly unlikely. So a horseshoe is a special order bag. That's not something that's ever offered in a boutique because that's a special order made for that client. And like you mentioned before, you know, those special orders, you have to have a certain, have a status or maybe be a repeat uh, client, right? In order to be able to even place a special order? Yes, a client of the house for sure. How about like, you know, an- another bag here, right? So I'm looking at, at different um, different bags, uh, but it's, and, but like you're right, I'm, I'm seeing all Hermes and I'm looking at different like uh, 25 centimeter bags, 30 centimeter bags. And it seems to me like the the biggest ones are the are those Birkin bags. When people are buying, and you, we mentioned before, you're talking about collecting uh, investments. Um, men are also buying the bags without a doubt, right? I mean, without a doubt. But men are also buying them to carry. It doesn't necessarily need to be a Birkin, although they are there. They absolutely carry Birkins. There's a site online on Instagram. Birkins for boys or boys for Birkins. And that is just collectors that buy Birkin bags. But there's also small leather goods. There's wallets. There's, you know, that that men carry. So they understand the craftsmanship of the product and the joy that it brings to them once they're wearing it. And, and it's, it's definitely a status symbol, correct? Absolutely. You can see when a woman tries on a, on a Birkin or a Kelly or a Pouchette or one of my incredible bags that I have at offering in a boutique, it just changes her entire dynamic or his entire dynamic. Yeah. Their their face completely lights up. It's it's the, they're thrilled to be able to own one of these pieces. Could you describe that a little bit more? You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to see the make maybe make the connection between say, you know, a twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar bag, whatever the case might be, with what might be available, say at a regular retail store, right? When we talk about that craftsmanship like are the bags like when they're being manufactured? Do, do they take a little bit longer to manufacture? Are they, you know, is everything done by hand? Yeah, they they take longer to create. There's an actual craftsman behind um, each bag that is made, and there's a true story behind the bag. There's that love of the Hermes bag, the love of the craftsmanship. It's you know, the house has been in existence for for so long. And people want to feel part of something and knowing that they can come in and buy a bag and that bag will hold its value or increase its value 10 years from now, five years now, four years from now, if it's cared for properly. These bags are made for the living. They're to be passed down generation after generation. We have, you know, I meet with clients throughout the world and they have bags that they bought 40 years ago, you know, 50 years ago that they're, you know, passing down to their daughters, to their granddaughters. Wow. And to their grandsons. I mean, and those bags are, some of them are just absolutely pristine. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if, let's say, you know, after 40 or 50 years, so something that was produced, say, in 1970, and if it's in pretty good condition and you're passing that down, I mean, you're, you're passing down 
you know, something that's, you know, a quality good, but you're also passing down something that's, you know, worth a good amount of money. Exactly. And I'm wondering, you know, where do you draw that line between, man, should I, should I take this out and use it? Or should I just keep it, you know, in storage and, and wait for, you know, maybe one special occasion a year or, or what should I do with this? You know? Exactly. And you know, you'll, we'll find some collectors that have an assortment of bags, you know, bags that they wear every day, other bags that they buy and keep for investments and other bags that they wear on that special occasion. And it's really about care. And you can still increase your value if you carry it, if you buy the right style, of course, and also if you take great care of it. Yeah, that's when the bag becomes an investment, right? Exactly. And when I'm with a client, you know, it's always buy, sell, or keep, and you help them curate their collection to decide, you know, if you're not wearing it and if you have no desire to keep it, then it's time to sell it. However, if you love it and you wear it, then hold on to it. And one of the best parts of my um, position is that I know what are in people's closets. So it's really quite fascinating. You know, I have lists of clients looking for certain bags. And fortunate for me, I know where to source it. Are you aware of like who's buying and or, or who's not willing to sell? Yes, of course. Yeah. Could you take me through maybe a, a point in time when somebody really, really wanted something and you know, you knew somebody had that and maybe, you know, it took a couple, maybe years to kind of get them to, to give it up or, or something like that. Some kind of, you know, story like that, where you finally connected two people together. Yeah, absolutely. And that happens all the time. Right now I have someone looking for a bag and I know two clients that have it and neither one of them are willing to sell it. So, you know, we'll let it lay low for a bit and then we will revisit it in a month or so. And, you know, and then you have other clients that, you know, I have a list of what they have in their closet. So if I have someone looking for something like that, I'm able to say, you know, I, I, I know where this is and I have a running spreadsheet of where these, where these bags are. That's amazing. Can you give me any insight on, on like, obviously not the person or, but what kind of bags are there? Are they like vintage, vintage? Are they relatively, you know, modern bags? Um, what's in demand right now? Uh, in demand right now are smaller bags, Birkins and Kellys, Kellys in a 20. Those are the very small Kellys and a Kelly 20, 25 in Birkins. It's a Birkin 25. Um, and also we're selling a Birkin 30, but the p- small petite trend continues. Um, also special orders are in trend. Those are the most highly sought after pieces. And they have been for quite some time now. You know, many, as we spoke about earlier, are looking to carry a Birkin 40. And they also will even carry a Birkin 35, which used to be the best selling size for a woman, you know, 10, 12 years ago. You know, now women have decided, you know, the trend is smaller, petite, you know, 25 centimeter, 30 centimeter. So it's really, it's very quite different, but it has been for quite some time. Also, there are some stars, you know, the So Black collection, the Metallic collection, the Suede collection, the Diamond collection. There are some, you know, very special pieces that are sought after all the time that I'm, I'm constantly sourcing and selling. When you're talking about like the Metallic collection or the Diamond collection, how are those handbags different? Well, again, it was a short capsule like the So Black, so very limited. So... What I have found oh, time and time again in my career is that people want what they can't have. 
So the metallic was in gold and was in palladium and in, and in gold. Um, the suede collection wasn't a large capsule. The so black collection, which is one of the most outstanding collections that Hermes created, it was an entire collection in black um, leather and alligator, and the entire bag was black, including the hardware, the box, the tissue, the ribbon. So if I'm sourcing something like that, um, the client, the first question, does it have a box? Does it have the black ribbon? Does it have the tissue? You know, they want the entire package and the smart collectors have kept all those things. We mentioned about different brands and kind of where they're headed. And you mentioned to me before we actually got on air that that Chanel has decided not to, you know, be in the exotics uh line of work anymore, you know, not producing their bags with any more like animal skin, basically. What does that kind of move by Chanel do for a marketplace? What that does, it just makes the exotics that Chanel no longer creates more desirable because you can't find them. When when Chanel does something like that, can you theorize that maybe by doing that, they're kind of make, taking a risk that their new handbags won't be as desirable? No, I, you know, I don't think so. I think, you know, Chanel is an incredible house and they take any of their business decisions very seriously. And I think they've decided, you know, to move in a, in a different direction. They have also limited the amount of Chanel bags that you can buy each year. And we didn't talk about that, but we should talk about some quotas that Hermes puts in place that you're only allowed to buy a certain amount of Birkins or Kellys each year. So again, that drives up the desirability. And Chanel is also doing the same thing now, limiting the amount of bags a person can buy each year, actually. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of how, um, you know, um, and maybe you can make, we can make a parallel here. Like if someone is interested in buying a Rolex watch, and even if they have the money to buy, you know, a $30,000, $40,000 watch, and they've never bought before, they can't do it. Because, because they need to have been able to, you know, they got to cultivate that relationship. They got to get on a wait list almost to then be able to buy buy the watch. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. <laughs> exactly. Same thing with Ferrari. And you, I think going forward, we're going to see more and more of that, where it's cultivating the relationship with the client and the house and really selling the entire lifestyle, whether it be Hermes or Chanel. And it's really understanding the craftsmanship in the house and representing the entire package. You can't just walk in and get the bag that you want, regardless of how much money you have. A couple of questions, uh, Diana, and I really appreciate your time. For someone that wants to learn more about the industry, that wants to learn more about the market, what do you recommend they do? I would say go online, read as much as you possibly can about the different houses also, a lot of the auction houses hire interns, whether it's for the summer or for the spring, and not necessarily just heritage auctions, but the other auction houses. And you can really learn and take advantage um, of an opportunity to learn about the bags. There are so many sites that you can spend endless hours really learning about the product. But take time, spend time, and really research so that you know what you're talking about. I guess my second question was more about like, you know, we talked about these big brands, Hermes, uh, Chanel. But I guess like uh, my other question was, are there any brands that are kind of like up and coming or that are, are, are quote unquote hot right now that are maybe at a, at a lower entry point that maybe collectors can, can look at? Well, you know, Goyard is very strong. Bottega is very strong. But as far as... The resale value, it's Hermes for sure. 
when you think about it, um, the average price point for a bag is probably now $4,000 in a, a retail store. I'm just picking a number, $4,000, $5,000. So, you know, an average woman will buy about four bags a year. So four times five is $20,000 and she has five bags. If she's able to secure a bag that is a Birkin or a Kelly um, or a limited Chanel or a limited Louis Vuitton and takes great care of that and makes that investment in one piece, it just makes total sense. And it's not to say that the other brands don't have recognition and don't have value because they certainly do. However, if you're looking for an investment, I would invest in the one piece that you know is going to be a true investment. Yeah, it, it's almost like, you know, invest in the best of the best. And that's where you're going to see the greatest return. Exactly. Diane, you know, you mentioned before, you know, you have the auctions. You're intimately uh, familiar with what people have maybe around the country, around the city. In, in terms of that, how can people uh, connect with you? How can they connect with Heritage Auctions if they're interested in learning more? They can contact me directly by email and I can be reached at D at ha.com. They can also access Heritage Auctions. It's ha.com. And there's a tab where meet our experts. We have 40 plus categories of business and we can connect you with the right person to assist with whatever your needs are. And we truly are an honest, transparent auction house and we're, we're here to help. So we are here to answer any questions. Email is always best because we all travel so much, meeting with clients throughout the world. But our phone numbers are certainly on the site and we get back to you as soon as possible. That's amazing. And I guess last thing I forgot to really touch on this, like, are you right now prepping for another auction? Did you just finish one recently? And how how did that go for you? Our summer auction, we're laying that out, the catalog out this afternoon. I host five auctions a year. We start off, we start the year in February, then we have a spring sale, summer, autumn, and holiday sale. So uh, we're always moving forward. So we're putting, we're closing one sale, which will, um, our sale is July 17th. And we're also accepting consignments for our autumn sale until August 3rd. So there's always a deadline. So we're always working on closing one sale, opening another and launching it. And our sales are live um, in Dallas and people can bid online by telephone or in person if they choose to go to Texas. Can they inspect the items? Uh- in person? Yeah, sure. Of course. So I host a preview in New York City and those are invite only, but we also um, open it up to the public should someone want to come in and they can view a selection of sale. Everything is behind glass. We wear gloves when we're touching the the bag so clients can come in and see them. And, in, and that's for any category. And we're very accessible. We don't bring in excess amount of goods, but if someone's looking to see something specific and we can accommodate that for them. Diane, so so interesting. Thank you again for spending uh, some of your time with us talking about handbags and really informing us and educating us about this, you know, asset class. And I really enjoy the fact that you threw it out there that it's the, you know, the number one financial investment for women. Absolutely. It was great chatting with you and looking forward to reconnecting. hundred percent. And looking forward to see how the auctions go and everything. Uh, have a great day, Diane. You too. Come by the office whenever you get a time. Throw you around. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Take good care. You too.
When Diane told me that handbags are the number one financial investment for women, she opened my eyes to the world of handbags as alternative assets. These bags are being bought the same way the best sports cards or sneakers are. They're works of art that can be put on display. I hope you learned something new today. So a big thanks to Diane for coming on the podcast and a big thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, let others know about it or leave a review or a comment. Until the next time, take care.